Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. My name is Christine Grimmett, and I'm here with a special friend of Heartbeat International that I'll introduce in a second. Um, we are here at Heartbeat International's 50th anniversary um, annual conference. So this is 50 years of Heartbeat International. We're celebrating our birthday. It's been a lot of fun so far. It's the Thursday of conference, so we are a couple days in and it's just been wonderful so far. But if you hear some voices in the background, um, we have a little podcast station set up where we're recording. So it's been fun um, for people to get to see what that's like here. And um, if you're listening to this later and you were at conference, I hope this feels a little bit, brings you back to that moment a little bit and just the excitement that we've been surrounded with. So I want to introduce my guest. Her name is Brenda Newport. And we did something fun Today, at one of our general sessions, uh, Betty McDowell was giving out what we call the Servant Leader Awards. We want to recognize those who have shown leadership in the pregnancy help movement for years and um, just a special way to thank them for their service. And the way she did that this year, we had a couple of recipients and she had them stand up on the stage holding pool noodles between each other so that we could show what um, social distancing looks like. So they're up there. Imagine... Three people standing up there with pool noodles in between them, <laughs> wearing their mask, showing us what social distancing looks like. It was our way to remind people of our guidelines for this week and um, just to thank everyone for coming, for everyone for showing up and doing this in person and um, just figuring out what things look like for us this year, doing a conference uh, while still dealing with some of the fallout from the pandemic. So, Brenda, thank you so much for joining me and having this conversation with me today. And congratulations on your Servant Leader Award. Very well deserved. And it was just a blessing to be able to be in that room and watch you receive that today. <laughs> thank you, even with holding a noodle. <laughs> I know. It was not what you were expecting. I know that. No, I was greatly honored and humbled uh, to be named among three wonderful people who are receiving the Servant Leader well Award. Well deserved. We like to have fun here with that. And so I could just see the look on everyone's face like, why are we here? What are we doing with these noodles? But it was great. We were given about five minutes notice. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to hold a noodle. Betty likes to do that. <laughs> it was fun. Well, let's start off. Um, so Brenda is going to join us for a letter to myself, um, part of the series that we've been doing. We've had a couple others where they, they write a letter to themselves. Um, back in the day, maybe when they were starting out, what are some things looking back uh, that they would like to tell themselves. And so I invite Brenda to go ahead and read her story. Okay. And then we'll jump in and talk about some of the life lessons that led to this article. Great. When I was asked to write a letter to my younger self, I thought about my first introduction to the pro-life ministry. 35 years ago, I was a married, busy mother of four children, just having returned from the foreign mission field. I was drawn into the pro-life ministry, not because I had a desire to be involved, but because God had a Jeremiah 29 11 plan for me, plans I could have never thought or imagined. It all started when a friend asked me to help a single mom attend a volunteer training for a pregnancy center starting up in Erie, PA. I paid her fee and I drove her to the training, but she refused to get out of the car without me. So I agreed to go in with her, but I was quick to tell the volunteer at registration, I'm not paying because I'm not staying. I'm sure there was some laughter in heaven. Kurt Young did the training, and he showed us a picture of a little six- to eight-week-old baby taken from a tubal pregnancy, the teardrop baby who stole my heart. I was a mother of four and had no idea of the early fetal development of a six- or eight-week-old baby and was totally ignorant of abortion in America. 
So I stayed, and I paid, and I volunteered. After we returned from the foreign mission field two years later, I reluctantly interviewed for the position of assistant director and was genuinely, genuinely surprised when I got a call that I'd been selected, knowing that there were far more qualified people than me that had applied. On my first day at the center, a juvenile delinquent stole my purse from the waiting room and emptied it down the stairwell, taking the cash and credit cards. And I thought, is this a sign that I should just leave now? Or was this just preparing me to be prepared for the unexpected from this very day forward? And here it comes. Without a couple weeks, within a couple weeks, the executive director unexpectedly resigned. And I thought, well, that was tricky, God. You know I didn't feel qualified for the piece-of-cake part-time job assistant position that they offered, and now I'm being asked to stay and take on the executive position? Really? Are you kidding me? I was totally intimidated by the title alone, so I told the board of directors, interim only. Do I hear more laughter in heaven? It was then I was informed that the center was deep in the red financially, behind on rent and utilities, and the board of directors wanted to send out an appeal before closing the doors. I knew an appeal was not what we or I needed. We didn't even have a donor mailing list. At this point, I would have been perfectly happy to go home and care for my family. But instead, I went to my knees and I prayed, Lord, I will work my heart out here for you, but I need to know that you care about this and that it matters to you. But I can't pay the bills and I need to, you to meet those needs. Well, our miracle-working God brought thousands of dollars in the mail the very next day that covered it all and then some. Now I was laughing out loud and said, well then, I guess you care about this. And so it began. I was not alone. It would be me and Jesus holding hands, hand in hand, heart to heart, going forward into the unknown. The only thing I was sure of was my love for Jesus and the love he placed in my heart for the lost, the brokenhearted, abandoned, the needy, and now the unborn. I remember sitting at my desk and writing 10 goals for the center that included professional business practice, client care, staff development, as well as improving our physical site. I attended a national conference and sought out every successful director I could find and met with them to pick their brain and run back to implement the things one by one that were going to meet those goals. Year after year, I attended the national conferences where we were all gleaning from one another on ways to save more lives and bring glory to God in this life-changing, life-saving ministry. Well, younger self, and in this case, my son Randy, who is now serving as the executive director of our center, seeing the faithfulness of God, I would only say to you and every other director starting out, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Need lot, need, you need not lean on your own understanding or your knowledge. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This bankrupt center grew into a mega center with four branch offices providing pregnancy services, an education division serving local schools, a licensed adoption agency placing hundreds of babies in Christian homes, and medical services with ultrasound, STD screening, and treatment. From bankruptcy to a million-dollar budget, to God be the glory, great things he has done. Faith, Flexibility and forgiveness are the formula for getting through the day-to-day -day challenges of the ministry. Faith in God to provide and protect, flexibility for all the surprises that come without warning, and forgiveness for yourself when you fail, and forgiveness when others fail you. Remember to enjoy the opportunity God has given you to be hand-in-hand -hand and heart-to-heart -heart with Him, and be obedient in His life-saving call. And remember, you are the visible reflection of our invisible God.
Beautiful. Thank you. So when I talked to Beth Demert the other day, I said, tell me about Brenda, because I know you've known her for a while. And Beth Demert is um, our ministry services specialist here at Heartbeat International. And she said, brave is the word that came to mind. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's something everybody wants to be called, right? That's such a great adjective to be named. Um, and the more I read about your story and I hear about you, I think it's fitting. So you started... I don't know how long you'd been doing mission work. Can you tell me a little bit about the mission work that you'd started out in? Well, our family had been called to Papua New Guinea as active missionaries. My husband was going to help with uh, helping with water, with fresh, clean water wells, and to teach the nationals. And I was there with our four children, homeschooling, and also working administratively in their offices. It was a high school mission. And that was a, an exciting opportunity to be in Papua New Guinea, a black nation of proud people, and uh, that we were the, we were the minority. <laughs> but it was an excellent experience. That's awesome. I've never been out of the U.S., so when I hear of people who just move overseas and do mission work or whatever draws them to a whole new country, I think there's a boldness and a braveness that has to be there to raise your family in a new country. That, and I think it was also an opportunity for us to answer the call and to test, could we leave it all behind? Mm -hmm. Would we lay it all down if God called us there? Yeah. So then uh, from that, you'd return back to the U.S., Mm -hmm. and you ended up at a pregnancy center to help to volunteer. So you had somebody who was interested in volunteering and just wanted somebody to come alongside (laughs) with her and take that training? Well, that volunteer, that young woman... Never volunteered a day in her life. <laughs> she, you know, but to her, you know, she shares in everything that I've been blessed with Aww. because she brought me there and I never would have attended if I hadn't taken her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how one little yes, you thought you were saying yes to, I'll come with you for I'll take one her, day. I'll pay her way and yeah. I'll drive her there and I'm leaving. God's like, ha, huh, yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> other plans, other plans. You were, you were struck by the early fetal development, a six- or eight-week-old baby. Um, Do you know the little baby I'm talking about? There's like a teardrop. The, yes. He's kinda, he was taken from a tubal pregnancy, and he was the smallest baby yeah. I think ever seen with a naked eye. And the doctor was quick enough to get a picture. Well, I looked at that little baby, and I think he was a little baby boy, and I just was captured. I know that that was God opening my heart to that baby and every other baby since, and now with ultrasound and seeing mm-hmm. those babies, I might be the first one to lay my eyes on that baby. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Yeah. I, I have not lost passion for every life that is so special and so unique and hand-knitted by God. I can't not care. <laughs> like, right. Right. You saw it and you knew you had to do something. I had to do something. Very cool. So on your first day at the center, so you, <laughs> you interviewed for the position of assistant director and then were selected for that. And then when you started as the executive director, was it your first day of being an executive director that your, your purse was Oh, no, stolen? it was my very first was... day coming on hire as the assistant director, which, of course, didn't last but a couple weeks. And it was a juvenile delinquent, and I mentioned him because prior to that, I had volunteered at our local juvenile detention center. Okay. Turns out it was one of my kids. Oh, and he apologized to the. <laughs> went back to his parole officer, and he said, "I found out that this was Brenda's. Tell her I'm sorry." Oh, <laughs> well, but, the impact you made on him. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to love to buy those boys Bibles, and I would put their name on it, and Aww. they just loved that. They yeah. loved the personal touch. That's impact. 
Um, so I like how you said um, you were intimidated by the title. So you told the board of directors interim only. So I'm here temporarily. And um, I hear people tell me that sometimes like I'm the interim director. So just put me, put me in your records as like temporary. Someone else will take my place. And then like weeks or even months later, they or say, years. so I'm here still. And Not this, is my, this is my <laughs> official position. Somebody once <laughs> said, but you're only interim only anyway. And yeah. that's very true. Yeah. Maybe 32 years or it's 35 true. years. Yeah. It's a scary title to be executive director. It was frightening. I couldn't sign it. I couldn't put my name to that on the letters. It was so frightening to me to take on the title alone and not feel at all qualified. And I know that God calls and he qualifies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he gifts the people. And I, he promised me he would give me everything I needed. I just needed to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And if I have, um, I usually say no, and then I say yes. <laughs> yes, Lord, I will. Yeah. I think for someone like you, your um, heart for not just the unborn, but for people who need help, you just have that soft heart for people. And that was your motivation that, well, I don't want to do this role, but if that's how I help people, if that's what God's calling me to do, I'll, I'll figure it out. Or I'll, he'll figure it out for me. And he will show help me. me figure it out. And yeah. it was just it's just been an exciting journey. I have loved what mm-hmm. God has planned for me and purposed in me. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that Jeremiah 29. <clears throat> I'm thrilled that he used me. I've always wanted to be used of God. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. So you've been in different, um, as an executive director, you've had different struggles and I'm sure it's the typical struggles that every executive director, you know, figuring out staffing, figuring out how to be a leader and all of that. But then your center was in financial trouble and that's a huge stressor. Um, did you have any background in fundraising or how did you help to get to that point where you guys were really struggling to being a million dollar organization? And I think there's five locations now at that center. We have several locations because it's faceted. We have an adoption agency and we have an education division that teaches in the schools and we have four pregnancy resource centers and then we have the medical services as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot going on, but it didn't happen overnight. Um, When I was just brand new, just doing client care, I was invited to the schoolroom, classroom. So I wanted to tell the story of what was happening in the pregnancy center counseling room, how young women were suffering and struggling, and I wanted to tell the story of that. And eventually, teachers started calling it truth talks. Brenda's going to do a truth talk. And so I did that, and I started also with a young woman who wanted an adoption plan, and I knew nothing about adoption, but I did want to work work it through with her. Mm -hmm. I saw it as a, a beautiful choice. And so I wanted to venture there. Well, before you know it, I'm administrating and I'm counseling and I'm doing the adoption work and I'm doing the classroom and I'm like, I got on my knees again. Lord, multiply me. You know, I can't be everywhere doing all of these things. And he did just that. You know, I wasn't into fundraising. Um, I was into praying God's provision. Mm. And I will give him all the glory, all the credit every day because he has provided that, that budget from year to year to year to year. He's provided it all. We did a banquet, yes. We got donors, yes. Um, but he brought it all. He brought the donors, he brought the money, he brought the provisions, he brought the plan, he brought the new experiences of uh, having an adoption agency. Our judge asked me to start an agency. I said, I really don't know how to do that. And he said, I will help you. And so it was a judge from our local city that actually helped me put the agency together. 
Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the adoption agency aspect of it because you're also the recipient of our Andy Merritt Scholarship. Yes, what an honor. we know that he was um, heavily involved in adoption and a strong advocate for that. And um, Andy Merritt passed away earlier this year or last year in 2020 in the fall. And so we want to honor his legacy. And this is the first year we've offered this scholarship. And it was wonderful to get to gift it to you. Andy and I are kindred spirit, you know, Holy Spirit kindred. His heart was my heart. His thoughts were my thoughts. And I, I loved Andy. I How did go, you make that connection with him originally? Well, I would go also to his conference. That He would have a conference. And I met him yeah. through Heartbeat. Okay. Um, but I'd known him over the years, always admired him, loved him. His message was my message. And so we were just kindred. And I'm so honored and I'm so thrilled to be the person they chose in their very first scholarship to go to me. And I know that Andy would be pleased. I know he, he would be. Yeah, he... Um, it was always such a blessing to have him at conference. You know, we did a webinar with him when, um, I guess it was last maybe March when COVID was just starting to be a thing. And there was a lot of a lot of fear and confusion just in the world. And he did this wonderful webinar devotional on moving from fear to faith and just the boldness that he speaks with. Yes, yes. And, and I can see why you two get along. We get along <laughs> splendidly. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh, very good to get to honor his legacy and honor you with that that scholarship. Humbling um, and honoring. So what does adoption, the adoption agency look like right now after you've built it up over these years? How does that work with your center? And uh, just maybe some highlights of that over the years. Adoption by choice is actually the name God gave me one night, you know, ABC, adoption by choice. I saw the ABC baby blocks and thought adoption by choice is the right name because it's the right choice. Uh, for many young women, it is the best and beautiful choice. Now, it has, it's separate. It's a licensed Pennsylvania adoption agency. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a standalone within the Women's Care Center. So it has its own director. It does not have its own board of directors, but it has its own director and staff that do home study work uh, to screen the adopting families. Mm-hmm. I come along as well as a couple other people who can be the support for the birth family and birth mom, especially in designing the adoption. From the very beginning, I wanted her to have control. Again, I knew nothing, and back when, the baby was taken from the mother at birth, and she wasn't going to hold or see him or anything. And I thought that was inhumane and, and heartbreaking. So what I wanted to do was let her be mom, you know, let her be the birth mother, let her love her baby to a decision that she's not abandoning, she's planning. And so for her to choose the adoptive family, to feel that she's putting the baby into a life situation that is going to be very stable, very secure, very loved, this to me was double love. It mm-hmm. was giving this birth mom an opportunity to uh, plan for her baby. And the design allows her to be in contact by letters or pictures or email. Now we do email and there's all yeah. different kinds of ways of having that contact. She's not cut off. She's not shut out. And Pennsylvania has what's called a PACA, which is a court-ordered um, provision. So it can't be broken. It's a court-binding document that says if there's pictures to be every month or every quarter, or if there are visits up to four years. This is all designed ahead of time, and it's agreed upon between the adoptive family and the birth family. Wow. It's awesome. That is awesome. awesome. That's a lot of services. I've been around long enough that we're doing reunions of children, (laughs) and that's kind of cool 
because they know about each other because of the ongoing openness. Yeah. We don't share names, last names, and we don't share addresses. So there's an anonymity that comes with it, but there's a personalness that overrides that. And I hear of the open adoption concept a lot more now than... Um I, there's still that misconception out there that you hear so often because you see it in TV and movies and it's the yeah. whole giving up your baby and we need centers like your center and agencies like that to show the beauty of making a, a plan and placing a child with, with, with adoptive parents to where the birth mother can be involved. Yes, and some of them have been invited to a wedding. Aww. They'll <laughs> want to know if that birth mom can come to their wedding or yeah. their graduation. Uh, or they just want to meet and know each other. So, you know, and nothing's perfect in our, in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes there are imperfect situations that come out of imperfect plans and timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't say it's 100%, but, oh, it's about 98% perfect. <laughs> yeah, and a healing way for mom and baby to both have healthy lives and um, just get their needs filled too. And so. I believe that some of the success that we've had has to do with the prep uh, prep and planning. So there's ongoing counseling for many, many months that prepare, prepare a young woman for how hard this is going to be on her heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to rip. It's going to rip at her because to separate from your baby is a very hard thing. It's much better than abortion because abortion is such an empty loss of life. Mm-hmm. In adoption, it's a reunion that could be had later, and the baby's life. Um, you're 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 giving life. You're giving life to a family that maybe can't have children. Um, there's blessing instead of just empty grief. So there's a big difference between adoption grief and abortion grief, which I also tell, uh, like even abortion-bound women, mm-hmm. I want to show you the difference between the grief. Yeah, that's big huge. difference. That is. So you've placed hundreds of babies in Christian homes, and your centers also do medical services with ultrasound and STD screening and treatment. Yes. And that seems like an awful lot for a center who is on the verge of bankruptcy. Oh, uh, <laughs> how, did you, how did you know about getting this started with the medical services? Do you have a background in medicine at all? No. No? <laughs> you just knew the right people, right? I just, I just show up. <laughs> I went to our health department from Pennsylvania, the health, Pennsylvania Health Department, was having a meeting. And they wanted CBOs, community-based organizations, to come to the meeting. And they were going to do a pilot program of STD screening, and they knew that people were not going into our local health department for whatever reason. Mm. And they thought the CBOs might be an attractive way to get people screened. And I knew we had the population. I knew that we had the high-risk population of that revolving door, pregnancy test people, not getting treatment, not getting tested. And so I knew that. And so when he was asking, is there anyone here that can do this, I raised my hand because Mm -hmm. I'm brave. And I was thoughtful about it. I thought, we're the people that should do this. And we can do good intervention at the same time. And Mm -hmm. we had the room. So that's where it started. I just raised my hand and said, we can do that. So it sounds like networking in the community. So you had a judge tell you you should start the adoption agency, and you've had the health department to partner with. You've had... um, other community, the community started going to you to get those started. So you made yourself known in the community as if you see a need, contact us. We'll help you. We'll make it happen. Sometimes I think we're even like information directory because people just call us and want to know how to get a hold of somebody (laughs) else. Well, one thing I would say about our community um, 
mindedness and our connections. One of my goals, one of those 10 goals, was to make sure that we were seen as a very viable, professional organization in our community, serving our community mm. uh, well. And that was a goal that has been fulfilled in the everything we've done. Yeah. Um, everyone who's been hired, God's brought uh, with, the call, with the call and the gifting. And he's taught us so much and brought us so far. It's a million-dollar operation because the Lord Jesus Christ loves what we're doing. Found that out real quick when I said, do you care? <laughs> like, and he sent thousands of dollars. I'm like, okay, you care. <laughs> so now you I, have to do something with that. Now you got to do something. <laughs> yeah. But it was okay. It was like, I'm good. If, if you care and love this that much that you sent all that money that was unexpected, that was the answer to my prayer, and I yeah. will work my heart out. So much faith. So this has become a bit of a family affair for your your yes. family. So you were executive director for yes. quite a few years, and now you are, I believe I have the title right, Senior Director of Ministry Services. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, actually, more, more family than just my son. Uh, years ago, my daughter even came uh, to one of the centers as one of the directors for a while. And my daughter-in-law, my son's wife, has worked with the education division of the center for many years. So Kelly's been there, but Randy's my son who got tapped for the executive director position that I had held for 32 years. Wow. So how did he feel about taking that over? Was it like, I don't know if I want this? Was he reluctant at all? Or he he was was ready to go? He was reluctant. Yeah. (laughs) I was reluctant, but the staff knew him because he had been a life coach there for about five years helping other young men. And so he was familiar, and they wanted someone with the same heart and spirit as me. And he's grown up with this ministry. He used to take calls at home when we had a hotline at home. And if one of my brokenhearted clients would call and I wasn't there, he would talk to them. Wow. And so then at that time, I would talk to a client, and she would say, he sounds just like you. (laughs) (laughs) He's heard you talk. He's He's heard me. And we also had those pregnant girls in our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would house them until their babies were born, an adoption plan made. So he was very familiar with the heart and the soul of the ministry. That I didn't have to teach him. Mm-hmm. And so when he was encouraged uh, by the staff and I asked him, would you be interested? He was reluctant because Kelly works there as well. And he wasn't sure how that would work. You know, he and his wife being in 24 seconds all the time. You're going to see me yeah. at home. You're going to see me at work. So what I did was, once again, I tapped Heartbeat Conference. I said, I want you to go to the Heartbeat Conference and see what it's all about on a different level. And then the Lord asked me to also include his wife. I said, she needs to be on board too. So send them both. So I sent them both to a conference a couple years, three years ago. Do you remember which one that was? Three years ago, I think would have two, been... It was the... Well, last California? Year, yeah. Chicago? No, he, last year he was... Um, it was virtual. It was the year before that. So Dallas. 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 You know what? I remember getting, maybe it was a phone call or an email from him saying, I'm the new director. And so we changed something. We made sure he was getting our emails and things like that. And I thought, well, that's exciting. It's always good to hear from new directors. And we love to say, here's what we have for you. We're excited to have you on board. And he got to meet with Jarrell and he got to meet with, the, he might have even met with Andy. He met with some people that I knew. I said, yeah. you know, catch up with so-and-so and so-and-so. They're guys and maybe they can help you with understanding how it's all going to work. <laughs> He came back so excited. Kelly was so excited that he's like, oh, I want to do this. That's awesome. So thank you, Heartbeat. Hey, thank you for sending them because 
the energy here is real. You yeah. definitely yeah. feel people are people are tired here. I was talking to someone else the other day at our Heartbeat Central booth, and she's like, "I'm here to learn, but I'm also here because I'm exhausted and I need some spiritual refreshment." And I said, "Well, you've come to the right place because there's a good mix of both." So there are probably many times he wishes that he had a startup center instead of yeah. coming into a. It's a, a big very, shoes to fill. A very large mega center uh, because it has all these facets and all of yeah. these things going on and all of this staff that he deals with. Uh, but I'm glad to be there still three days a week. I'm there to um, counsel abortion-bound women and also to prepare birth mothers for adoption and to awesome. support him in anything he needs. Yeah, he's in good hands, right? Well, um, I want to just thank you for your time this afternoon. Again, congratulations, Andy Merritt Scholarship and Servant Leader Award. I hope this has been a good week for you so far. We still have all day tomorrow to get through. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed speaking with you today. And do you just have any final thoughts of advice for young leaders out there in the pregnancy help world? First, I will say I am doubly blessed with those awards. And that's just my God double blessing me again all over the place. And for everyone else, I would say, you know, Heartbeat is an, an incredible international organization. When I saw all the countries that it has developed in and the information, the education, the support that Heartbeat brings, I wouldn't leave it. I would join it, stay with it, and trust God um, to provide and protect. Give him your heart. He'll never fail you. You can't outgive him. I've tried. He just <laughs> gives you more. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Uh, If you liked this episode, hit subscribe or share with some friends. And um, if you have any questions, comments, feedback of any kind, you can email me at support at heartbeatinternational.org. Or if you're an affiliate or would like to become an affiliate, check out www.heartbeatservices.org for more. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day.